you know, obviously we criticize Biden and the Democratic Party quite often here. I got a lot to say on that front today. But I think the normalization of Trump, because Trump has set the bar so low, um, that when he does just absolutely insane things, most of us just kind of, oh, it's a distraction. Let's not focus on it. Oh, it's Trump. Who cares? And he is, he is kind of through sheer force of insanity um, made just insane behavior, disgusting behavior uh, for any type of leader, much less the president, kind of become normalized to the point where people are numb to it and people don't care. Um, and, and there's more insane behavior that Trump has been exhibiting in the past few days that, honestly, you have to wonder how the Democratic nominee, who, by the way, as Brianna Joy Gray noted, go check out the interview with her, uh, I just did, posted in two different parts. As Brianna Joy Gray notes, he's not officially the Democratic nominee. We should all consider that. Uh, he's not the Democratic no nominee, officially. Trump, you would think, you would think that when the President of the United States is retweeting um, you know, I'm not a fan of Hillary Clinton. I'm not a fan of Nancy Pelosi. Not really a fan of Stacey Abrams. But I am a fan of, like, basic respect and dignity. Trump, in the last two days, has retweeted uh, people calling Hillary Clinton a, a skank. Some of you might find that funny. I don't. Not to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, or, uh, you know, Jordan, stop being a tie dice. I mean, she might be a warmonger. She might be, you know... A corporatist, but like, I don't think we need to be calling women skanks, uh, whether you're conservative or any any other party. He also uh, kind of fat shamed Stacey Abrams. She fought a tough race, kissed a lot of babies, and visited every buffet restaurant in the state. It, it, it's just this is the president retweeting this stuff. He also retweeted about Pelosi. Anyone know? Uh, what's going on with Polygrip? I've noticed lately that her face seems glossy and she's sporting a poorly marked second set of eyebrows. I mean, you might be wondering, Jordan, why are we, why are we, why are you even giving this oxygen? I'm giving it oxygen because Trump's disgusting behavior, and by the way, I mean, in addition to the insults, He's trying to basically do away with all mail-in ballots, which is, you know, frankly, I don't know why the RNC is suing to stop it in California. California is not exactly competitive. Donald Trump's not going to win California. But clearly they know if mail-in ballots happen, if, if California, which is bigger than many countries, uh, is able to have exclusively mail-in ballots, I mean... Trump might win the Electoral College, but he could very well lose the popular vote by five, six million votes if we extend everything to mail-in ballots. So with all of this, you would think, you would think that the whatever, whatever you want to call Biden, the presumptive nominee, is just crushing, crushing Trump. You would think Joe Biden is just destroying Donald Trump. Uh, this is concerning. Only 3% of Bernie Sanders supporters have donated to Joe Biden's campaign. Oh, boy. 
Why this matters, let me read you some of it. Only 60,000 donors of the approximately 2.2 million that gave money to Bernie Sanders have also made donations to Joe Biden, according to the Wall Street Journal. As such, less than 3% of Sanders supporters have given to Biden thus far. Six months away from the election, the low percentage suggests that Biden has not made the political, political inroads um, to Vermont senators' base despite his overtures to appear receptive to their political needs. But the journal estimates that Biden could potentially gain at least $41 million if each of these untapped donors j gave just $19 each to his campaign, the average donation to Sanders' campaign. And what is Biden doing to get those voters? Let's take a look. You know, most of the attention came from Biden's You Ain't Black mouthful the other day. But on the same day, he actually did an interview with CNBC, which was not as racist, but just as devastating. Let's take a listen. People making hourly wages who are carrying the rest of us on their back in terms of this virus, that they are able to get the kind of medical help they need as it relates to this pandemic. Mr. Uh, Mr. Vice President, it's, it's, uh, it's Joe Kernan. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it this morning. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm great. You know, some Dem pundits, Democratic pundits, serve, say that Sanders and Warren voters are essential for you to win. I know you've probably seen that, but some aren't quite there yet. Others point out, though, that your candidacy surged when it became apparent to mainstream Democrats that Sanders might be the nominee and, and then they flock to you, a more moderate, perhaps, candidate. Are you prepared now to say you're going to govern as a progressive and enact programs in the mold of Sanders and Warren? And if so, what does that say to, to either moderate Democrats or independents or even some Republicans dissatisfied with President Trump? I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Look at my record. The fact is that some areas that I think, for example, I think health care is a right, not a privilege. I do not support Medicare for all. I will not support Medicare for all, but I do support making sure that Obamacare is around with a public option for those who can't afford, those who qualify for Medicaid and they don't get in their state, they would be able to buy, they would be able to be automatically be enrolled in the public option of Medicare. That would, but I do not support a, you know, forgiving debt loan for every single solitary person, no matter where you went to school. But I do support the idea. If in fact you have a student debt as a consequence of going to a public university and your income is under $125,000, it should be forgiven. Well, that's going to get Bernie supporters to donate to you. Let me tell you, that's going to do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how high unemployment goes. It doesn't matter how many people lose their health insurance. I do not support Medicare for all, and I will not support Medicare for all. What's amazing to me is, let's say for argument's sake, and by the way, I don't know if anyone noticed that he said, uh, I'm going I'm to beat Joe Biden. I think he meant I'm going to be Joe Biden, not Bernie or Warren, but he said, I'm going I'm to beat uh, Joe, Joe Biden, we'll let it slide on that with his cognitive, you know, minutia. But, you know, most politicians will at least give lip service if they want to win when it's just obvious that you have a political winner in your grips. 
it was obvious that he had a political winner during the primary. All the polls show Medicare for all has majority support in all the states where Joe Biden has won, even states Bernie won. You got 27 million people that have lost their employer health care that Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg gaslit us into thinking was so sacred. And don't you dare take the choice away from me. When in reality, the choice, nobody has a choice because if you lose your job, like people are losing right now, you're screwed. And I agree with Andrew Yang and others who say 30%, 40% of employers are not even going to bring back their, their, employer, their employees that they've laid off. Even, in, even if the economy gets better, they're going to do more with less, as we saw after the 2008 financial crash. So if you had 27.5 million that the Kaiser Foundation study found have lost their employer health care with the 27 mil 29 million that were already uninsured, that's over 50 million people without health insurance. And what is Joe Biden saying? I do not and I will not support Medicare for all. Well, what is the actual legitimate, uh, um, the actual legitimate reason for that? Medicaid's not going to cover all those people. I've spoken with people who are trying to get Medicaid. They can't get it right now in New York because it's being overrun. The requests for Medicaid are overrun. The Medicaid office is overrun, just like the unemployment offices are overrun. State unemployment, state Medicaid offices are not equipped to handle a, 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 a just a bull ride of uninsured or unemployed people all at once. You can't rely on just people getting on Medicaid. Secondly, when he talks about Obamacare, Obamacare was and is a giant sexual favor to the insurance companies. So even if you are at zero right now, not making any money, and you could get a cheap Obamacare plan, a cheap Obamacare plan, which in New York, the cheapest plan I could find for what I make, and I don't make a lot. We are a startup media company. Jen and I are not taking monstrous salaries because we're not making that kind of money. But what's incredible, even if you could get an Obamacare plan for $100 a month, that's not taking away the deductibles. That's not taking away co-pays. That's not taking away co-insurance. Well, if you don't have a job right now and your prospects for getting a job aren't so hot, how are you going to pay for your deductible? How are you going to pay for your co-pays? How are you going to pay for your co-insurance? I've had two back surgeries in the last three years. Between the two of them, with insurance, I owed anywhere but over $3,000 I've owed on these back surgeries. So how are people without a job to pay for rent, which Joe Biden is not talking about getting canceled. I haven't heard him say a word that we need to cancel rent. Not talking about student loan freezes, utility freezes, car payment freezes, freezes, mortgage cancellation. So what are you going to do? You're going to choose between paying your rent, groceries, medication for the kids, car payment, or your Obamacare deductible? How does that work? The real problem for, for Joe Biden is not that he's not getting Bernie Sanders supporters to donate. The real problem is what that shows is he's not going to get Bernie Sanders voters. Joe Biden, if he doesn't get minimum, minimum 80% of Bernie Sanders supporters, he's toast. I don't care how many suburban wine moms you get to come out 
which seems to be the Democratic Party's strategy. To hell with the working class, to hell with labor unions, to hell with Latinos. We just need to get those suburban wine moms out, the, the real heads of the resistance. Well, if you're not going to get Bernie voters under 30, frankly, I would say even 35, if they're not donating to you, that means they don't have any enthusiasm for you. If, you, if you're not going to get 85 to 90% of Latinos, doesn't look like he's going to get that. Trump got more, more Latinos than Romney did in 2016. Shockingly, because he's a bigot and he hasn't done a damn thing for Latinos. So I want to play another part from Joe Biden's interview because with the You Ain't Black uh, brouhaha, I mean, this, I mean, literally, this could just be John Kerry, Mitt Romney. Uh, it could be a Republican politician saying these things, frankly. Uh, listen to Biden uh, on how he's going to revive the economy for the working class of America. The question is how quickly you do that in the midst of a uh, in, in the midst of this pandemic and in the midst of trying to get the economy to recover. Nobody making under four hundred thousand bucks would have their taxes raised, period. Bingo. Let's get people back to work. Let's get them to work. Now, look, but here's the about, deal. What, what about corporations? Tell me, tell, me how much, tell me how many people are investing that tax break they had in new jobs. Give me your numbers, man. Come on. Let's get real. Well, people are hurting. Well, let me, I, I absolutely I understand you, I'm that. I'm, I'm trying to just understand. I'm trying to understand as, as you're trying to balance these, these issues, especially when it comes to corporate taxes, how quickly you move on that, given that we want to get jobs and get people back to work. Okay, let me ask you the rhetorical question. What, has, what jobs have they created if we give them more of a tax cut? The president's talking about a greater tax cut for corporations. You tell me what you think, how many jobs that will create in the next six months. You're the expert, you guys. I'm not being a wise guy. I'm not being trying to be like Trump. I'm not criticizing you. But really, think about it. Look, the main, people need to get back to work. And the idea they're already talking about, you know, the president's phrase, what, what is it? We have time to wait. I mean, they're not even going out and helping making sure that, that, that the states have the money to keep their firefighters on the job, to keep the cops on the job, teachers on the job, all of those things that do create income and do generate growth. Obama set the whole tax state, the tax rate, uh, we're not going to raise taxes under $250,000. It's not a small thing that Biden suddenly thinks the middle class marker is under $400,000. Uh, yeah, I don't know many places where $400,000 a year is considered middle class, not even in New York City. $400,000, if, if, if you made it the right way, if you didn't cheat, steal, or, or you know, ravage, people to get that 400,000, God bless, but you're not middle class. And Joe Biden, the reason he is increasing, he increased from Biden, uh, from Obama's level of $250,000 to $400,000 is he is an even more brazen servant of Wall Street than Obama was. And that is hard because Obama at that point in 2008 got more money than any other candidate in history from Wall Street. So the fact that Joe Biden considers like $400,000 the, the cliff for a working or middle class shows you 
who exactly he's servicing. Secondly, Joe Biden has the same exact strategy and frankly the same exact problem, but worse, as Hillary Clinton does. But the second thing is, can you honestly put aside your disdain for Hillary Clinton and her, and her type of politics? Can you really figure out or remember what was her economic message in 2016? What was Hillary Clinton's economic message? Bernie Sanders, we know. $15 minimum wage, Medicare for all, you know, massive government jobs programs, infrastructure, taxing the rich. You don't, you, you know, it's, it's instinctual with Bernie. You know what his economic plans were. But with Hillary Clinton, you didn't know. Stronger together, expanding on Obama's legacy. Joe Biden has no economic plan, none. And he is basically doing what the Democratic Party has done for the last 40 years and make the whole economic discussion about taxes, tax increases on the wealthy versus, you know, tax cuts for the middle class. But we all know taxes are one quarter, just one quarter of the story. Taxes Tax cuts for the middle class does not create jobs. Tax cuts for the middle class or tax increases on the wealthy do not reverse the fact that as productivity has skyrocketed in this country, wages have been flat. The great American bank robbery, as Trump, McConnell, and their Republican predecessors have robbed the Treasury, have robbed you with your productivity, with Democrats like Nancy Pelosi driving the getaway car. Come on. This is the reality of the United Corporations of America. The Republicans can't rob the Treasury without the Democrats as the getaway car. Just like George W. Bush could have never went to war with Iraq without warmongers of the Democratic Party going along to get along. So Joe Biden is basically talking as if taxes are everything. I'm all for taxing the rich, but that's not going to get people back to work. Just like giving tax cuts to my mom and dad, who are small business owners, isn't going to save their business right now. It doesn't matter if you give people tax cuts, small business owners, if they don't have enough customers. You have to not just give tax cuts to workers. You have to create, govern, you have to create the conditions for jobs. But how do you create, how do you, as Joe Biden says, we've got to get people back to work. How are you going to do that? If you, Joe Biden, and your cohorts in the Democratic Party with the Republican Party have both sold the jobs to China, Mexico, and other countries, have decimated uh, the industrialized Midwest, have already started to allow companies automizing. I don't agree with Andrew Yang on a lot, but he is right about the jobless economy that's coming. Uh, in, in part, it's already here. Haven't invested. I mean, we haven't had a real government jobs program since FDR. That's how you create jobs. The government can help create jobs. But the government has helped create more jobs for China, Mexico, and other countries. And I don't blame the Chinese workers who are desperate to make a living, even though they're getting exploited with those starvation wages. I don't blame the Mexican workers either for the same thing. I blame Joe Biden. He pushed NAFTA. To this day, Bernie, frankly, I don't know why he didn't hammer him more on TPP. 
Because if Joe Biden becomes president, I don't care what the hell he says during the campaign. Last year, he was advocating for the TPP. Last year, he was advocating for the TPP. If the TPP passed, it would be the final nail in labor's coffin. The Trans-Pacific Partnership. So when he says, come on, get people back to work, there is no there, there. There's no actual specifics. How are you going to get people back to work? Are you going to force these companies to hire people back? Are you going to penalize companies that have gotten bailout money but not hired back all of their workers? Are you going to not like Trump because Trump's tariffs have been completely um, irrational, not strategic, but are you going to penalize corporations that offshore jobs? No, because they are giving you all your money. They're the ones funding your campaign. They're the ones that would fund your re-election if you become president. They're the ones funding your Democratic Congress. So everything he's saying is Trump is the Antichrist, just like Hillary Clinton said Trump is the Antichrist. But they have no actual plan to bring back jobs. You can't bring back jobs if you don't radically, and I mean radically, rewrite these trade deals where they're not written by banks and multinational corporations. You cannot bring back jobs if you don't create with government money jobs programs. You know how you help black communities? You invest massive amounts of dollars in jobs programs in Baltimore, Ferguson, Milwaukee, Detroit, Flint. That could be the start of our Green New Deal. It's, it's not only black workers, a lot of poor white workers, a lot of poor Latino workers. But he's not going to do that. Just like he said in this interview, he's not for eliminating fracking. I mean... This is, this is somebody, again, I started this live stream by admonishing Trump, you know, retweeting Hillary Clinton's a skank and fat shaming Stacey Abrams and saying Nancy Pelosi has three eyebrows. To some, this might sound funny, but this is the president of the United States saying these things. Any Democratic presumptive nominee with a pulse should be crushing Donald Trump. They should be, their problem should not be that Bernie Sanders uh, supporters aren't donating. Their problem should be their server can't handle the amount of donations coming in against this dangerous clown. But because he will not budge, he will not budge at all. As, as of now, if the election were held today, I don't care what the national polls say. I'm not a polling truther, but the polls said a lot of things in 2016. I think Donald Trump, I think Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden. I don't even think it would be close to tell you the truth. I want to show you this other part from his interview, again, on getting Bernie Sanders donors and voters to support him. The whole idea of whether or not we're going to stop fracking, I would not stop fracking. I'd gradually move away from fracking. I would just not do more fracking on federal lands. I would gradually move us out of the, 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 the position of relying on, on uh, uh, oil and gas, I, I'm, excuse me, and, and coal. Look, Joe, one of the things you've seen is that no one's going to build another coal-fired plant. 
period, no matter what the law is, because now you can build a renewable energy or you can build a natural gas plant that works better and is cheaper and can have less, f f fewer problems. And a lot of the folks who listen to your program every morning, and I listen to it frequently, are already pricing in the price of carbon. That, so, look, the way we can create millions of jobs, Joe, is move to a rational policy on global warming, which I've laid out in detail. So you want to get your campaign is struggling with Bernie voters. Big portion of Bernie voters is young people. Older people care, too, but young people primarily. And you use words like gradually in terms of climate change. Uh, you use terms rational plan in terms of climate change. This is like somebody, this is like somebody seeing the Titanic, the Titanic in front of them, excuse me, seeing the iceberg in front of them and thinking they have time to pop champagne. It, it, it's truly astounding. Wonderful graphic by Colin Tooley. I don't know what I mean, he does live in his basement, so maybe he hasn't been around the country and the world that much lately. I don't think, I don't know how much time these neoliberal corporatists like Joe Biden think we have to save mankind. I really don't. I don't know if they care, to be honest, because they will be long gone when the inferno, inferno comes. But we're not going to get rid of fracking. We are going to phase it out gradually, which... Let me just translate that to you, means not under Joe Biden's presidency. Not in four years, not in eight years if he ran two terms. Ain't going to happen. But there's a last part that I want to play from this interview that I think is very instructive. Very instructive. Here we go. Large part because the Democratic Party, as you know, has long criticized uh, that industry. And now humanity is so dependent uh, on their innovations in this pandemic. And so the question I'd ask you, and we were talking about uh, some, of, some of these efforts at vaccines, would you look to put price controls uh, on a vaccine or a therapeutic uh, if one's found? No, I tell you what, if one is found, I would make sure that every single person in America is able to get a vaccine, period, without any cost. And I would do the same thing with testing right now. And I'd make, look, we need a health care policy. We need to be able to provide people the ability to stay healthy and get healthy. They're the things we need to do because all the talk about opening up, people aren't going to open up until they have the confidence to know that they gather together, they're not going to get sick. You know, you saw that Columbia study. You saw other studies that if the president acted just two weeks earlier, there'd be 54,000 people, more, more people alive than there are today. We have to move. And what do we have to move on? We have to move on making sure that ordinary people who are breaking their neck, people making hourly wages, who are carrying the rest of us on their back in terms of this virus, that they are able to get the kind of medical help they need as it relates to this pandemic. So basically what Joe Biden is saying is, yeah, we'll cover the vaccine and testing for coronavirus, but you're on your own for cancer, heart disease, uh, you know, a stroke, seizures, kidney failure. Let's go down the list. 
we'll do it for coronavirus, but we don't have to get people healthy for anything else because my private health care and big pharma donors won't like that. And by the way, go to statuscoup.com. I just did a story on Joe Biden's healthcare donors. Oh my God. Guy's gotten $3 million from a hedge fund magnet named Jim Simons. And guess what? That hedge fund, one of its biggest portfolios, is the private healthcare industry. Go figure that Joe Biden won't budge an inch on Medicare for all. Go check out that story at statuscoup.com. The bottom line is Joe Biden is basically serving up a a sandwich of platitudes, empty gestures, and Trump is the Antichrist. He is doubling and tripling down on Hillary Clinton's strategy.